Hi, this is Andrew Miller from Business Enjoyment and this is another episode of The Tingle Zone. In this episode I'm talking with Sanjay Aaron, a serial entrepreneur with over 30 years of experience with starting up and successfully running businesses across the globe. Sanjay embarked upon his entrepreneurship journey in a mid-sized town in the northern part of India. Now based in Canada, his business ventures have expanded into multiple countries across Asia, America and Europe. He's a staunch believer of having organised purposeful structures in place that set lateral thinking into motion. In our conversation, Sanjay shares with us his warts and all journey as an entrepreneur, detailing the failures and challenges he's faced, as well as the successes. Hopefully you'll notice in our conversation how reflective Sanjay is. Every situation and question is an opportunity to think and learn and Sanjay happily shares those lessons with us at every stage. It's his view that our job is to help the universe and everyone around us to grow and consequently every lesson he gets in life should be given to others. This is one of those podcasts where there are so many nuggets of quality information that it's worth listening to it a few times in order to get them all. Before we jump into the interview, do remember to download a copy of my latest book, More Than Just Money, by going to my website, businessenjoyment.com, where a pop-up should appear. This book runs through the business enjoyment model, shows you how you can use it to find a solution to pretty much any problem, and of course, explains what I really mean when I say that I want you to enjoy your business so much, it makes your bits tingle. So do check that out, but for now, sit back, relax, think about what you've got that you can give and most of all, enjoy. I'm Sanjay Aron, entrepreneur, author, and coach nowadays. So doing business in more than 40 countries makes me happy to say that I'm an international businessman. Fabulous. That sounds like and a, 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 a wealth of experience to get to that point there. So, uh, I mean, what, what is there a particular area that you... Uh, focus on or specialize on or, or get a, a buzz out of uh, working with? Great question, Andrew. So at my age, you know, we are, we are full of stories with the experience of visiting world around, meeting different people. So uh, I think what I have learned is most important things. One is success is sequential and I'm more towards systems and processes which builds on each other to bring me here. So it's like foundation stone has to be built on systems and processes you have to be organized. And that's where I am. So I, if I can say one word, it's like processes. Beautiful. So you get really good, stable business, and then you can build from there to actually take it where it needs to go. Um, so what's, um, how did you get to this point here? What's, uh, what's your, your journey along the way to become the uh, international coach and entrepreneur? That you are today. Hmm, excellent. So what happened, uh, Andrew? So, uh, you know, I started my career uh, back in last 80s, towards the end of 80s, when I was 18. And I come from, a, you know, a genuinely good business family, a third, third generation business we were having. And me and my younger brother, who were like, you know, raised in joint family, I don't know how, but it came, no, we are not going to join the family business, which gave us at that time a car to go to high school. 
and being any you know typical joint family so we were told if you're not going to join the business that you are not supposed to be eating the fruits of that business i said fine what does that mean so we said no the mean is that you are going to live a basic life there is no car for you so next day morning i was going to my college on a bicycle coming down from from a car directly to a bicycle and that made me realize how important money is before that I, i heard people saying that money is the root of all evil will you eat money or will you eat food you need people around you do you want to eat money no you want to eat food okay and can you live with the money no you you need people to live around that that day made me realized one thing that probably excess of money may not get you more happiness but the deficiency of money will definitely make you feel unhappy mm. and that day one lesson is still going on in my head so me and my younger brother decided to jump into entrepreneurship started buying some salt and selling it made some money and thought that since we are making money so it's all good making money is so easy and we told our father boss you took 40 years to buy a car and we'll buy this car in 40 weeks just like that <laughs> only to know that within 36 weeks we were a total failure lost all our money and both of us were working for the company we we went back to a job and joined a joined a company as a salesman what any sales but what happened to with the soul business then yeah so so when we started making money it was like you know we became greedy started giving <clears throat> started giving credit for for no reason without contracts and that that led to that most of the money was eaten by by my debtors <clears throat> so most of the money we made we made approximately 60% profit on everything whatever we sold we had no cash in hand <clears throat> mm. my creditor told me we can only sell you now products on cash and my debtors told me we can only give you money if you bring us more material and that's it yeah we went to work for the creditor more than 3 years we worked there we quadrupled his sales one fine morning he called me up to his office and he said evening i want to come to your home for a dinner i said please sir most welcome so in the evening they came we were sitting at the dining table me my younger brother my wife gentleman came in and he says sanjay you been an excellent salesman i said yes thank you sir in last 3 years you have made excellent progress yes sir and your brother also has done exceedingly well yes sir but now 12 last past 12 months i have seen that you are not working to your capacities i said what does that mean i have increased your sales last 12 months also i have given you year on year basis 30% increment no one has done that in company's history he said no i'm not talking about increasing the sales of the company what i'm talking about is that you're not working to your potential i said okay so what is my potential what do you want i think that you have got some sort of ego in you and you don't want to work anymore with us i said no i want to work sir <laughs> 
He said, no, no, I, I, it seems that you don't want to work. So I wanted to tell you that from tomorrow morning, you don't need to come to office. That gentleman came to my home, sitting at my dining table to fire me. Okay. okay. And, and so as I know, next morning I went to office, spoke to his secretary and she said that few of the clients has called a boss not to talk to him and were asking for you and boss is like insecure because of you now. Right, felt threatened. So you have to leave. Mm. Fine. So for my stable job, again, next day morning, we were on load. And there was an internal commitment that I will not get into competition from the people from whom I have learned the art of business. So I did not get into the business which I was into, which I knew how to do it, which I knew in and out of the business. And that, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was your own internal rule, that was your own ethic. Yeah, that was a commitment to myself, that it is not a good thing uh, to, to go and compete with the people with whom you have shared meals, with mm -hmm. whom you have shared all intimate discussions about business, not a good idea, I thought. So again, now this time, we, what we had was a wealth of a skill. I'm not saying experience, but we had skills now behind us. And skills has told us <clears throat> that business skills are different from product skills. And I can apply the same skills, what I have learned into this job, into any business wherever I want to go. Yeah. And those were two basic skills. One, be committed, be committed to your business and generate value for both the parties, for the buyer as well as for the seller, generate values that why they do need, they need you to conduct their business and that why needs to, needed to be found out. So <clears throat> I went to one of my client and I told him, sir, I'm leaving the job instead of telling him that I have been fired I told him, sir, I have left the job. And he said, why? I said, no, I'm not just liking to do the job regularly. He said, now, what do you want? I said, I have nothing to do. So he said, do you want to join my company? I said, no, I don't want to join your company. Can you get me a new supplier for the same product? I said, no. Can I, can I talk to one of my other supplier to give you the job? I said, sir, I really don't want to do that. He said, so I'm giving you three options and all of them you are saying you don't want to do that. Then can you tell me the reason why, why have you come to me? This question was. And it was like a waking up call that I should not meet people without the reason in business circle. And I told him, no, sir, really, I don't know, but there are, there are two things which I wanted to uh, you know, tell you. Before I, before you spoke to me, before you asked me this question, it was not there in my mind, but now it is. And this is that there's an internal commitment that I will not get into competition with my ex-boss, not a good idea for me, since I have learned the tricks of the trade from him. And if I do that, I know I can, I can you know, impact him severely, not a good idea. He has helped me in the time where no one was helping, no one was helping me. He said, fine, I respect your decision, now what? I said, sir, I have learned business skills. Can you give me any other business 
which you think that you have a struggle to get a supplier. So that gentleman <laughs> laughingly told me, see my window. I said, yes, saw. And you look at this window, my blinds are now broken up. Can you get me two new blinds? And I was shocked. Coming from an industrial background, getting to a business of blinds. I don't know what made me say yes. I said, fine, I'll do that. He said, okay, fine, then do that. I said, but I don't have money. He said, I can give you money. So what is the rate? Now here is the question again that how do I give him rate even I don't know. But the business skill came to my rescue. I told him on upfront, I said, look, I'm doing this for money. I'll be making some money out of it. He said, fair. I said, so I'll buy material. I give it to you. I give it to you the original bill and you give me 20% profit for my effort. Fair? He said, fair. Went to the market, did my level best, got him the most least price available in the market, got him the blinds, gave him the blinds, showed him the original bill. And he was like jumping off the chair that he bought the original blinds 40% higher than the prices. And the gentleman was so nice. He said, I'm not giving you 20% high profit, but I'm giving you the same price at what I bought it last time. That was 40% profit to me. And that gave, that gave me the taste of my own money on day one when I was on the road. So I decided to get into the business of window shades and window coverings and blinds and all that. Did the job for more than nine years, made good money out of it, got reference, met people, nice people. And I always sold my material without telling the client that uh, what value they'll get, I'll always tell them, sir, what is your value proposition? Mm. We are not going to compete on cost. Where will you feel that you have got something extra from us? And every client had a different need, which we passed along with them. Mm. Again, we were like flying high, cloud nine. We thought now we have made it. Failed miserably again. And this time the failure was because of arrogance. Because oh, of? Arrogance. We had such arrogance. Now me and my brother thought that we are now successful. We can play with the rules with my suppliers as well with buyers. We started asking for 100% advance from the buyers and six months credit from the suppliers. So, so, so in many ways, the same trap you fell into with the salt business. Yes. Mm. So we could do that for six months. Soon we knew that we are out of business again. And this time with huge experience, skill, but zero reputation. Reputation was all went away. Everyone knew that, that uh, we are bad negotiators. Mm. And that hurted us badly. But this and, 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 I mean, just that before you move on, I just out of interest at this point, this is now. Okay, I know the salt business was a, a getting going, but a, a, it's it's two businesses now. Now a business has been going for a long time that's that's failing. Yes, in hindsight, you're reflecting, you've picked things, you've got learnings from it. But how was it for you at that point? What was going? What were you feeling when your this business goes down, which you've been doing so well? 
So <laughs> now we are. I'm gonna laugh on that. So initial six months, me and my brother, we were in a state of denial, a total state of denial. No, no, it's not possible. It's just like that. This is one guy. This is one buyer. This is one supplier. We'll bring someone new. We'll we'll get clients from other city. We'll export the product. We'll import the product from China. So we had a total state of denial till the time that the last penny in my account was spent. And the day came when we went to the one of my star supplier, and he said, "Sanjay, here's a cup of coffee. We can sit. We can talk. We are friends. But I don't want to do business with you." I say, "How come?" And he said, uh, "Sanjay." have you ever made any profit on my products and i don't know what made me to say to that i said yes always he said fine wait and he came up with a bunch of letters from my team which every time said that any product we have bought from him we were not making money and we were asking discount every time after buying the product and they gave us discount He said, "Since you have never made money on my product sales, there is no point me to sell you any product." And I was terrified, uh, but I requested him. He was a good man. He said, "Fine, I'll give you products." I said, "But I don't have money." He said, "No worries, I'll give you on credit." He gave me on credit. Now listen to this. This is the beauty of this entire thing. we went to the client client was a corporate big corporate my good friend i told him i need business he said sanjay we will not give you advance we want material and credits i said give me one day time I went to the supplier spoke to him that i need this much credit 35 days he said fine we went to the buyer we told him sir we can give you credit for 15 days he said okay we supplied him material material had issues quality issue that was brought to our notice day one we spoke to the supplier he agreed and he said that whatever discount a client is asking i will give that being transparent we should have told this to the client we did not right we did not we thought agreed came in again we did not and we had two rounds of negotiation with client and he said fine i'll i'll take the material at the same price but instead of giving you money in 15 days i'll take 30 days because he was a corporate and he said that my team has to resell this material i said fine done 30 days passed away i called them up he did not pick up the call after 40 days i called him up he did not pick up the call after 45 days i called him up he did not pick up the call and i was doing the same behavior with my supplier i was not picking up his calls after 60 days i went to his office to my suppliers to my buyer's office i said sir i supplied you material and you promised in 30 days Yes, he kept listening to me patiently. After the 
after I vomited all whatever I was supposed to. He said, now what? I said, I want my money. He said, if I don't give you that. I said, no, you just tell me on the face that you are not going to give me the money. He said, then what? I said, no, money doesn't matter, but the relationship matters. And you should be upfront about it. That was the lesson which I have learned in my past experience. He said, okay, fine. So you said that money doesn't matter and relationship matters and I should be upfront. I said, yes. So he said, okay, in one word, I'm not giving you your money. And if you want, I can give you this in writing that I'm not giving you your money. And I want you to be my friend for my life and come at my home in, uh, in the evening and let's have dinner together with my wife. What else you want? And I was shocked. I was shocked because with the plain face on my face, this gentleman, my old friend, telling me on my face, okay, here is it. I'm not giving you your money. And I'm ready to give this in writing. And you, you come to my home for dinner together with my wife. We'll sit together. We are friends because you said that relationship matters, not money. And I was, I almost cried, I almost cried because I knew because of this, what my supplier will do with me. So uh, there was a golden silence for 30 minutes, 30 good minutes. I was not able to get up from the chair. And that gentleman was being in his lavish office, facing mountains, sitting in a court called the secretary, get us two tea, please, and some snack. My friend Sanjay is here. And I was, I was like broke. 30 minutes later, the tea was finished. Guy gets up from his chair, comes back to my chair, puts his hand on my shoulder, and he says, Sanjay, I want to tell you one thing in life. I said, what? Why are you doing business? I said, to make money. He said, if you are going to do this business to make money, what made you to say that money doesn't matter? If money doesn't matter, then why the fuck you are sitting here with me? Are you my brother, blood relative? We became friends of business only. Now we are friends, but we became friends because of business. You came as a supplier. I was a buyer. I paid you in time. You gave me good quality. And that was our relationship. You trusted me, I trusted you, we became friends. And now you're sitting to a client and telling me that money doesn't matter. Whereas I am the guy who knows what his financial situation is. At 30th day, you should have come here, you were trying to get the money out of phone only. And so you know one thing, Sanjay, I said, what? He said, you know why? And he went back to his table, opened his drawer, took an envelope out, opened it to me and showed me, this is your check, prepared 30 days back. And I would not have given it to you. I said, then why? He said, take this check so that you have some respite in your entire respiratory system. Take this check first. I said, yes. Technically, if I don't give you check, I will not feel good or bad about it. It's a business decision. What will happen is that you will go to your wife 
in the evening at the bed you will be crying and you will tell her that my friend Naresh has not given me my money. You will never tell her that what was your behavior with your client. You will never tell her that you are the egoistic person. You will never tell her that you are a bad businessman. You will never tell her all these stories and because of you will be a hero at your home, which every average person is, you will be all right and I will be all wrong and your supplier will be all wrong. What will happen is that you got two daughters, both of them will think that business people are not good people. Your wife will start cursing me. And I'm really terrified about these two small girls if they think that business people are not good people. I'm terrified if your wife curses me because we have a responsibility to raise the standard of the world by making sure that business is a good place to come in a place where everyone is looking for a job. I want to create more entrepreneurs to create jobs. On that account, here is your check. And full amount, I have not deducted anything. I got my full amount. That one minute altered my entire life. I went to my supplier's office. I showed him the check. I said, sir, I made a mistake. And mind me, this time I'm telling him, sir, because he was my close friend, we used to take each other's first name. I went to him, I said, sir, this is the check. Came from the client. With full profit, he has not deducted anything. And you have agreed to give me 20% discount because of faulty material. <clears throat> He said, part of business. What I have committed, I have committed. You go back to your home and send me my check. I'm more than glad to get my check. And why, by the way, you were not picking up my calls? And I had no answers. That day made me realize that money is important, but the communication is much more important than money. And you have to be transparent in business. People do understand that being in business, one of the motive is that to create value and serve the people. Money and profits are not to be announced, they are byproduct of it. Staying in the game, staying committed to your people, creating the value is the game of the business. That changed it all. I said, change it all. <clears throat> started business again, started making money again, again on the top of the field, learning of this time more experience, skills, relationship, and money, all things in hand. And because of the skills, I thought this is the way to do business, get involved, keep doing it, and keep doing it till the time you can. And that's exactly what we did. Soon, that is less than three years, a total burnout came in. Total burnout. Just in, you're just in one business at this point? Yes. Got, yeah. Total burnout came in. <clears throat> Morning, at 7 a.m., you are getting a call from a client. At 8.30, you're getting a call from your supplier. Evening, you are getting a call. All the time, there are calls. Mm. And it was like 
my personal life, my wife, my kids, they were like, dad, always you're on the phone. And I thought, what I'm doing? That time, an idea came to me, I should retire. Okay. So India, uh, I mean, uh, like UK, India also has cricket team, right? So for us, cricket is like the religion. We love it. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so I am of the same age of Sachin Tendulkar. So <clears throat> two or three days later, Sachin Tendulkar, he said that he's retiring from the business, uh, retiring from the cricket. And I thought it is a good idea. It is a good idea that I have from the business. Straight. You have ample money, live your life, enjoy it. And I convinced myself that this is the time I should retire. And to do that, I started closing my clients and suppliers one by one. Okay, I'm not taking your next order because I don't want to do business. I'm not buying from you. I just I'm paying you so that your accounts is closed. One by one, one by one, one by one. In the name of getting retired from the business. Only to know one thing. When I, when I met, when I meet one of my sportsman friend, and I was explaining him very proudly that I'm retiring from my business. And he said, what the shit is that? I said, no, if you can retire from your sports, why can't I? He said, do you understand what is the meaning of retirement? I said, retirement means I won't be working anymore. And why are you retiring then? He said, I said, uh, because I don't want to work. So he said, is it want or it's like uh, you don't need to work? I said, as well. I don't need to work. So there's a need, there's a want. I said, yes. And do you know why we retire into sports? I said, why? He said, because we can't play anymore. At 40 years of age, we do not have that bandwidth to run in the ground and stand all day long, have mental and physical stress, and eat less and stay in shape. For us, we want, we need, but we can't. Mm. Can you tell me if you can or if you cannot? Now I was like lost. He said the concept of retirement was given in olden days when people used to retire before their death, a year before when they were not able to work. And they had to work so much that they had to take instructions from people. From them, retirement was to stay at your bed and eat whatever is given, not to the luxury of life. What you are talking about is there is no want, there is no need, so you will not work despite being the fact that you can work. And that's not generating value. You once said, once said that you wanted to generate value in business. Is that generating the value? And that brought me again back to the same system. That Sanjay, you have to do business. 
but there was a change. Then the journey of learner began. <clears throat> How do I go business where I'm not involved, where I'm not doing business? Being a mid-sized business, we did not thought of engaging the big fourth consultant of the world, McKinsey's of the world. We did not thought of that. And being a high flyer, we never thought of engaging someone which is too local to tell us. So we were like in a dilemma where to go and what to do. I decided to jump into and do the MBA at 48 years of my age. Did my MBA, could not figure out anything. Could not figure out anything. <clears throat> Started meeting people, reading books, going for coaching sessions, workshops around the world. And I could figure out that what is the mistake. So I became my business instead of having a business. That was the biggest opening to me that I have become my business. I don't have a business. I'm self-employed. I'm employment generated for myself. I'm not a business owner. And then there the journey started. And I knew that what I need to do, what should be my exit strategy, what should be my staying strategy, what should be my processes, controls, system, people, how do I schedule myself, what is most important, what is not important, what is my top dollar activity, what is my low dollar activity, where do I invest my time. That gave me all this information. And from there on, I started from scratch again in a business which is settled at a life, which is settled at a stage where I was supplying to more than 20 countries, where I had clients and suppliers in more than 40 countries after visiting 180 cities. Here is Sanjayadan sitting in his office, entire glass, total automated, sitting in on single table with a pen and paper, despite being having two Macs and which I still keep all the time myself, now on pen and paper, and designing my flowcharts. How I want to flow my business. And from there, the journey began. And today, my business, I can proudly say, is totally automated. If I need to know my profit at 11.30 a.m., I know this is the profit at 11.30 a.m. And what is my profit at 5 p.m.? I'll get to see that. Every moment I know what is my profit. Most of the time, we do accounting for government. We don't do accounting for ourselves. I've seen people doing it accounting. They have to pay taxes. And the whole jugglery of doing business runs around how to avoid taxes. Tax is smart. Without knowing that what is the money they are trying to save? How much is the money they are going to make? How much are they spending on daily basis? What can be saved? Where can you make money? I met businesses in Germany, US, UK, Canada, China, India, Singapore. Most of them, 
they were playing with their books so that they can get easy loans and more loans and more loans and then more loans i said if in the business if it is the game of the loan only then why do we do business so curiously i went to look at the top of the world companies like googles and apples how do they do it they provide us the way ahead that the way it should be done and what i found was they were all cash rich companies no loans no debts they have their own cash reserves they have their tax strategies they don't play all way around all day around that how to avoid tax they have their tax smart strategies and that brought me to the point that i need to create my financial system to such a extent where we are working this entire accounting for ourselves government accounting will be taken care by the systems and we do accounting for ourselves where every penny shall be accounted easily and i can see it like a clear mirror that this is we have made and happily we could do that and when i started speaking to my friends about it they were like i hope not for them i hope not total that shall we do accounting for ourselves to look into i said yes so shall we spend 15 days at the start of the financial year to predict about tax strategy instead of daily talking about it I said yes so two of them who could save some money they said they started turning back to my office time and again and one day i said look you are most welcome and it was there in mississauga canada so the guy was from australia coming to my office time and again asking me certain things i said look nick i have all the time but the thing is that time is money for me and for how long we can do it for friendship are you getting any value of my advice he said if i was not getting the values i will not drive down 40 kilometers to see you because i am getting value so i really need to see you i said and and the value i have got is that my friend is now settled beyond this juncture it has to be business if you are getting value what do you think you are ready to pay he said for what this question was for what i said to spend time with me if we need to talk business it has to be on financial terms because i am spending my official time with you you want to come to my home for the dinner with your wife most welcome in the evening but my official time has to be high dollar value and you know what next he said tell me the check amount here is a check and i want to hire you as my consultant that gave me this confidence to turn my cap into a coach but now since i knew that uh, training plays an important role so i got myself trained with international coaching federations curriculum did my training again went to this all the train the trainers program world over got into this shoe created structures for them and then i think 
day one i decided internally without telling him yeah day one that i have to mourn the graduation of my client within 6 months 24 weeks and he was good to do all things independently in less than 16 weeks and and that's that's something which gave me such a satisfaction that i am now creating values where more people are able to create businesses to give job to the people i mean all these colleges they are producing clerks the whole point of this entire education is coming down to how soon and how good job you can land into so i wanted to ensure that the people in business they are able to absorb this high quality talent which is coming out of college and i'm glad that people are doing and now i am turning to to these young men and women if i can to make them understand that this world is created through your efforts but by business people and businessmen why can't we have joining forces and you be the part of this mainstream of creating jobs for the people instead of asking for jobs from the people and and that has that has brought to me now thinking on how to have your exit strategy from your current business to jump on to a new thing which you think you can add value from all that learnings which you have taken from the past at one point of time i was me today i see that there was a past there is a future and there i am in the present so i am the one who's going to transact this entire thing and i am the one if it has to break certain bad patterns it has to break it here cut it here a clean cut has to be provided and if something has to be given to the future from the past then i have to pass it on to it that's that's where i am right now creating a small world around me like winded people around me giving them the trainings and doing things and i'm glad that uh, both of my daughters are doing well and none of them is looking for a job both of them got their own entrepreneurship jobs and like me they don't want to get into father's business <laughs> <laughs> so that's a small journey on business apart from family blessed with my uh, you know living is still in joint family with my brother his wife his family my daughters my wife my father and things are going on learning daily something new coaching people building businesses serving and staying happy that's what i am and do beautiful that was a lovely uh yeah step through the story to the well structured the way we've got the messages out all along the way you might have to live with that before <laughs> Uh, but now it's really really insightful to hear what you've loved along the way um quick question i mean where you are now i mean it feels like that you're very much in control of the future as you talk about and you can choose what who you work with and the direction to go in and that kind of stuff what what's your decision making process like how how do you decide which thing you take on and which thing you let go by very interesting questions 
I mean, this is what I love when I talk to people like you. And though, thank you for asking this. Thank you for asking this. So, first thing first, when I see a problem, I don't see the problem. I see that what should be the process around it. First example, then I'll I'll go to the thing what you have asked. So, as I said, that we are into joint family business. Kids are growing, and my past generation, that is my father, is still active. His brothers are active. I am active. My brother is active. My kids are active. My brother's kids are active, <laughs> right? And so my daughter, when she came from Stanford, and the elder one, when she came from Oxford. what we wanted from them was to adopt our ways of doing business so whatever they have learned was of no use for us and we said because we have done it for 30 years you should do it this way so my daughter asked me then if we have to do this way we agreed to do it what was the point of us studying in those colleges and putting up all that midnight oil burning why was that was that a certificate to get married to a nice people nice men is that a certificate to be put on wall only and that burned something inside but since i had now experience wealth of experience meeting people a open mind which is coachable which is teachable which looks things objectively i said she's right and this was the same thing was happening around all my you know environment 20 30 friends exactly the same thing we learned from environment and i said we need to do something so with one of my friend i wrote a business about family driven businesses i wrote a book around uh, family driven businesses called family driven business 4.0 there i took this entire chapter that the people in business for 50 years have that much money that they send their kids to the top ivy league schools in the world and when kids come back they want them to adopt the business methodology of the family of say like three generation past three generations style of doing business and uh, <clears throat> that book is available on amazon i'll send you the link so my decision has now come that i don't speak about things i try to address them in a way where that is like written format and where that is a sort of process and decision making framework for me is very simple as very simple for us we are all given choices and till time we choose something we are the master of choosing we can choose anything you got you go to a buffet there are 30 dish you can pick up anything whatever you want to but the moment you choose the moment you put this in plate and the moment you put that from plate to your mouth that was all choosing the moment you put this into mouth it is a decision and the moment you take the decision the outcome is imminent now you are the slave of your decisions 
Now the outcome of that food going inside your body, where that is going to hit, is it going to build your body, it is going to build your immune system, or is it going to hurt your heart or the liver? Then it depends purely on them. So from a master's journey, you go to a slave journey very quickly. And the only one thing decide from master to slave is decision in life. And so the most important thing what I have learned around this is that choose the things where you don't need to feel like a slave and you have an end game in picture that that is what you want. This should be your decision framework. So we have a, we have a position, a situation, a choice to make and that's where people choose. I don't choose it here. I see it here, I see what is the end game I want to be. And from there I travel back. I make my decision making framework here and then I go and pick and choose. And then it becomes decision and always I get it here. People say it manifestation, yes it is. People say it visualization, yes it is. We have to see what is my end game. We have to look into what is that we want from this meeting? Why am I meeting to end the what this interview should do for me. All that are decision-making points. These data points make sure that what decision I shall take out of this choosing. Mm. This is the, if I could answer your question, I don't know, but this is how I make my decisions. Look into the end game, then travel back and pick something. Oh, I, I, it absolutely does. And um, I guess the question that would follow from that is, you know, we can we can make a best guess of what the future looks like and we can logically work out how things were going to run, but there's always going to be uncertainties. So sometimes we make a decision with all the right um, reasons and with the right outcome at the end and then circumstances change and what was a good decision becomes a bad decision in, in, in hindsight. Uh, not a sort of blame, but um, how then do you... Do you um, Re not reconcile, but how, do, how in, within that model that you look at, how, how would you look at that in terms of a decision made where actually that's the wrong decision, I need to go in a different direction there? Perfect. One, we are all human beings. We should not beat ourselves to make mistakes. If we, have made, if we have made the mistake, the most important thing out of this mistake is to get the right lesson. Make a note of it. Next time, don't make the same mistake. Two, if you're alive and if you're present, I'm building a course around being now that is present. If you are staying in the moment, if you are present there, you can change your decisions. And you can, you can put something else. Like if you ate something which is not right for you and the moment you put this into your mouth, you got to understand that this is not right. You can throw it out. You can meet the doctor. You can eat something which can neutralize it all. So staying in the moment is the most important thing. You know, uh, if we look at most of the time, my first mistake, my first failure gave me that lesson which is still with me and that is 
that a state of denial is not a state to be in. We can make mistakes, we can make wrong decisions, which I still make, and I keep doing that every time, but I just sit on the table, I write the lesson, and I said, this is what I've learned out of this entire thing, and that's good thing happened. It's, is, it the, is it the worth cost? And always I found that it was worth the cost. There was value because my entire thing is sorted then. So we can say that's fine, that's okay. I mean, we are not predictors and we can change it if we can on the way. If we are present in the moment, we can change it. Because Andrew, if you look at it 30 years ago, 40 years ago, it was like, you learned a thing one, once and you can do it for all your life. In today's world and age, there is no Blackberry remain, which was like, a top thing at one point of time. So reinvention is the most important skill which you can learn today. And to whom to reinvent? Ourselves. If we can reinvent us daily basis, data point has to change, benchmarking point has to change, and you have to be in a state of acceptance that yes, I have to do it. It's fine. You are not accountable. I don't want, I don't held people accountable for anything, never. He said, we made a mistake. What is the lesson learned? Move forward, go ahead. Is reinvention something that we should do all the time voluntarily or only in reaction to something external? Great, wow. So this is opening up something new for me as well. Let's try to figure it out what exactly it is. I never thought in that deep, but let's try to do it. So I think most of the time we've been living life out of reactive mode. There could be three ways of doing it, proactive, active, or reactive. So when life throws challenges, we react, we're not prepared for it. The invention is not something which we decide in the night that morning I'll get and I'll reinvent myself, right? What will you reinvent? All your body, skin, cell, everything is changing all the time. Tomorrow you won't get up older, right? But you have got, you got up older today if you look at five years back, what is the benchmark? You are figuring out to feel that what the invention is. Is that reactive, active or proactive? And how do we do that? Because we try to attain greatness into certain things. I'll do great stuff in this. I'll become a great coach. I'll become a great businessman. By doing what? So if we stay in the moment, if we stay in the moment, if we are open, we will get to understand that greatness is in the moment and the invention is happening in the moment. Right now, as I got my epiphany, that the invention could be three ways. So the invention has happened just now. So if we are open, if we are present, the invention is happening all the time. 
So there's there's an old cycle: learn, unlearn, and relearn. Stay in that loop, and you are reinventing yourself. The moment you said that I have learned a lot in my life, now I live my life the way I should be living. That's that's something we stop learning. If I could answer your question, beautifully. Thank you. And going back to your model of um, you know where you are and decision making based on where you're going, where where are you going overall? There'll be individual projects, but what's your big journey? Hmm. So that's like revealing my entire future self. Okay. So I now want to test and try. Now I'm running business in two continents where I don't sit anymore. Okay. And now I have come to a way where I'm not my business. I'm not my identity. I'm not my decisions. I'm not what I do. I am a separate thing. And all things are other are all separate. I want to test it. Is it going fine? Or I need to readjust somewhere else. All the small parts of the machinery should work fine. So right now I'm in I'm in an observer's mode. One. Two, I'm learning and I'm growing as an influencer and coach to the people where I, I think that I should now mentor young minds and those depressing business owners like me when I was depressed totally that are egoistic. Oh, no, no, money doesn't matter. Relationship matters. No, 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 no. What I'm doing is right. And whatever you're doing is wrong. No, 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 no. So I am so smart that I can make full out of my buyer as well as supplier, most of the business are still there. Mm. I need to pick them up and bring them up because we need to up the game. To make this society really working, we need to up the game. Sitting in Canada, I really want, I see people and it hurts that people do not take responsibility of their state of life. I'm now at a time at a point where I am ready to take responsibility of my life without cursing to the situations, conditions, luck, destiny, God, no, it's me. So now entire my talk anywhere and everywhere I go to my coaches, to my students, to my team, I said, you are not accountable at all for anything. Accountability has a negative connotation to it. That you have a consequence to face if you doesn't do this. This will happen if you don't do this. So I never tell them that you are accountable. I said, you are responsible. Being responsible gives you choices to choose from. And every choice will have a definite outcome attached to it. On the way, you can change it whenever you want to. But if you decide to stick to your choosing, then be ready to face that, what is coming with this choosing. So you have full responsibility, not the accountability. That is where I am. I keep trying to on myself. And the best way to learn things is by teaching. That's what I keep doing, teach all these people, share my experience, 
write the books, which I have done the second book, I have written around questions. And the book will be out there probably on 30th January, no, 7th of February on Amazon. And the book is called Questions, A Guide to the Coaches. And I'm only talking about questions there that what should be the questions you should be asking yourself and to your students. So I'm in a question mode right now. I don't know, I'll be there after two years or not, because we keep growing and every time when we grow, we say, fine, we could have done that better than our past. But these two years has taught me something so that I'm now next game. So this is what today I am, where I am. Mm. Yeah. And I, I love the, the, the shift from accountability to responsibility and moving away from the what is almost locked in thing to create the options and the opportunities. And, and there was something just before that where either I misheard it or I think there's yours just a, a bit missing where you, you didn't finish the, uh, the other side of the, the, the sentence, I guess. But um, you said we need to lift up the level of our business, the quality of business. We need to do this. And that's, that's into a, almost in a closed space. So on the other side of it, there must be an open space. So talk to me more about the need to lift up business and what that, what's underneath that. Hmm. So <clears throat> this need arised during this COVID time. So I did not complete my sentence because I thought, I don't know, is it, is it okay to talk about it? But since you it, have it's, picked it's, up the exact I, point. I, everyone's aware of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure when this comes out, but it will still be a thing. So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So you picked up the right point, so I must now answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's the law. <laughs> I, I keep seeing people complaining about COVID and the things happening. And because of COVID, they are ex-financial situation. What has happened? What has not happened? All that. And I locked down myself for seven days in my home to think only. Consciously and focusly think only. We all are told in our, uh, in our schools, focus, focus. How do we focus? No one tells us, right? You go for a coffee. You tell yourself that I'm sitting myself. No, you're sitting with your coffee. You take your dog around and you tell that I was with myself. No, you were with your dog. Were you consciously focusing and thinking about things? That is always my way. So, uh, so coming back to the question, so seven days, I locked down myself means all mobile, everything closed. And I was just thinking what to do and how to do and desperation. Because you can't tell your workforce not to come from tomorrow. You have to pay. And being a fair business, all those guys have been with me for like seven, eight, 10 years. Some of them is working for 15 years. So I thought we need to do something. We need to think about. And what I figured out was that there is no shortage of money has happened. There's absolutely no shortage of money has happened. Money has shifted the hands, right? And we are at the very interesting juncture of the life where we are seeing a mass shift of money, mass shift of mindset mass shift of technology, right? And most of those people are in the midst of the tsunami of the shift, 
that they are not even trying to you know swim and come out of it or they stay at one spectrum of this or go to this other another spectrum of this they are in tsunami they are trapped and they are waiting to die sadly enough when i said we need to lift the game i meant that right now i'm not the, at the other spectrum of the the center tsunami and i am not at the start of the tsunami as well i am somewhere in between and the only way i can generate the momentum is to see that the all people around me they also start thinking in the same way so that we can we can beat the wave and we can come and go to the other spectrum because that the people who are sitting at the other spectrum even if you shout from here they may not listen to it even if they listen to it they may choose not to help you even if they want to help you they may not have the resources to help you right so now if i need to get to the next level so it's all always about in my mind next level so if i have to go to the next level that is the other spectrum of the life i need to ensure that all my the circle around shall get up and lift their own weight i lift my own weight which becomes us which makes us lighter and then we go to the another spectrum you know there's a there's a there's a old term i i, I don't know if you have heard of it but uh, there's a called uh, habit uh, gravity and escape velocity that means your habits gravitate you to the ground and if you are present in your moment consciously you can create velocity to fly like a plane and a single escape velocity is always difficult than to a mass escape velocity so i'm trying to create a mass velocity escape so that we can all shift all, all of a sudden that's that what i meant when i said up the game for the entire thing for all around me yeah brilliant thank you um so much that we could just <laughs> could dive into because it's a, a wealth of uh, knowledge and experience you're bringing and insight and uh, and uh, yeah just want to thank you so much for the the what you've shared with us today um i think just to 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 bring it to a close I'll, i will lead lead you into the question which i uh, which i ask everybody um Sanjay, what makes your bits tingle? <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> thank you for asking this. Most of the time, most of the time, I, I did not say all the time, most of the time, we work because we have nothing else to do we just work and during my all this you know journey when i was on stage 3 of the tournament i could figure out one very beautiful way of getting into the depth of the things and that was five whys of the things why of the why of the why of the why why something 
and the second was Vifim, what is in it for me? I, I became so professional in that, that I could do that just like this into any situation. But my personal why was missing. Something is happening, I'll, I'll, I'll get into why of the why of the why and I'll tell you that this is the reason it is happening. What is my why? Why I'm doing? And that was like epiphany to me when I got up in the morning once I was talking to my wife and she asked me, can we go for the holiday for three days? I said, no. Out of the blue, you can't ask me to do that. She said, why? And I was looking, why means what? What is that I don't have? I have got time. I've got systems and processes in place. I've got money. So, and I want to be, I'm healthy enough. She wants to go. Why I'm saying I won't go? Why I said that I will not go? Why do I want to work? What is it, why? So a small question by her brought to me that, that thing, my why. And the whole day was spent on this. And I could figure out one thing only, that I am someone sit, standing in between two generations to my, my past and my future. And when I say my means entire of the people who are into my you know, energy space, it could be my daughters, brother, friends, family, my business associates, their families, to whomever I meet. What if I keep all this experiences to me only and churn this out as a machine and die with, all, with it all? Then I realized I read a book called Die Empty. And there was a, there was a survey in that book. There was, a, there was a caregiver who used to sit in, you know, uh, in the emergency ward. And she had interviewed a lot of people on deathbed. And, and that she states that 95% of the people who have died they had a regret in their life. And that was so common. Be it the most rich or the ones who are like at the mercy of others, that they did not live their life the way they could have done to the full potential. And they always thought that they had so much to give. They could not. My wife's why brought me back to that book, which I read almost five years back, six years back at that time. And I decided that I need to die empty. And I need to be into those lucky 5%, which will say that I live to the potential and I gave whatever I had. And every day when I get up, I think, what is that I have learned yesterday needs to be given today. It's like fresh from oven given to the people and let them use it the way they want to it and see how they make it 
because we being human are the meaning making machines we can give meaning to anything and everything and the best thing is that we give meaning best suitable to us there is no universal meaning so i always thought that the meaning of a learning to me could be something else to if i give it to someone else so i give this meaning to 10 20 30 people and then see curiously that what is the meaning everyone is giving what i can get out of it then i give it to someone else so my life has become now get it and give it get it and give it all and see how we see universe is growing and one of the agenda is that we need to ensure that everything grows around me as well that's my why brilliant thank you sanjay and uh, resonate so much with all the things that you've said i can uh, uh you've got your way of saying it and exactly as you you said at the end there everyone has traps their own meaning to to everything they see and uh and that's why i love doing these interviews because even though we might be talking the same messages along the way you have your own way of looking at it your own way of seeing it and i pick things out from from what you say and that's what i want my listeners to get from it as well so if people need to get in touch with you or find out more about you where should they look for you well so they can come to my website sanjayaron.com or they can send me an email on sanjay@sanjayaron.com beautiful and uh and as you say if you let me know the details of the new book as well as the the existing book I'll put them into the show notes as well uh and make sure people got access to those but uh been an absolute pleasure uh listening to your story sanjay as uh So I'm going to go back and uh, listen through again um, and pick out some of the the, the nuances of of what's in there because there's so much value in what you've just in your life journey and I appreciate you spending the time uh, sharing with us. Thank you Andrew it was lovely talking to you it it took me back to my times the questions you asked were so powerful all the time you asked one questions and I was living my life behind them. Thank you. It has been lovely working with you Andrew. Great. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Andrew. Take care. These podcasts are not necessarily here to give you all the answers. I want you to think about what's been said, what's come up, and how you might apply that to your own situation. And if you've enjoyed it, then please subscribe to the podcast and, of course, share it on the social media platforms and so more people get a chance to hear what's going on. Thanks very much for listening. My name's Andrew Miller from Business Enjoyment, and I want you to enjoy your business so much it makes your bits tingle.